Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland preview show. Sunderland got back to winning ways with a great 1-0 win over Portsmouth at the weekend and they'll be hoping to continue the winning streak as they head to Bolton Wanderers this weekend. To discuss what we'll be up against as a returning guest but a debut to the preview show, it's Bolton fan Will Jones. Will, you've been on the review show, never on the preview show, but how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank you for having me back on. Really enjoyed our chat last time. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great result for us last time out and hoping we can uh, make amends this weekend. The only reason you're welcome back, mate, because we won the last game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I was a little bit complimentary, perhaps too much so of uh, Sunderland. So, uh, no problems <laughs> with that. I'm always happy with that. Um, I think we'll start straight from the top. It's been from the outside looking in, which is always is from my side. It's been a bit of a funny old season for Bolton. You've began the season looking like you know, potential promotion contenders, be that playoffs or auto- automatics. You're stutted and you currently find yourself in, in 15. So it's kind of maybe where some people would have expected you at the start of the season, but obviously with the way you started. How would you sum up the season for Bolton so far from a fan's perspective? Topsy-turvy, I think, is uh, is probably the right way to say it. Um, like you said, we started really well. Um, I had high hopes for the season, possibly more so than I did before we kicked the ball. Um, and to be fair, where we are now was probably what I would have taken at the start of the season. Um, you know, a bit of solidarity to begin with and then and then kick on from there. Um, obviously, it's always disappointing when you start so well like that and you start contending for, well, not immediately contending for promotion, but obviously when you're challenging the top six teams constantly and, you know, coming close to, to getting points off them, then you're obviously optimistic. But it's just a shame that we've then fallen off it's been kind of a bit all changed since we last spoke um squad wise luckily not so much kind of off the pitch more on the pitch this time but um yeah obviously it's had somewhat of a detrimental effect but I'd like to think that now we're at a bit of a, a stability point now having having made, had a relatively good chance for the window so far I don't think we're quite done possibly after one more um but after that I'm hoping that things will, uh, will start to be a bit more positive again is it kind of easier I think Bolton have maybe been on a bad run of form because you started much better than you expected in reality this is kind of where most fans would have been happy with as you said yourself so it's actually not that bad yeah. I think that's it and it's, it's obviously a, a lot further to fall when, when you're that far up obviously and obviously you've done well yourselves to, to kind of retain that that kind of position within the top six which I think most clubs you know both Bolton and, and everyone else in the league would have probably expected um, obviously, I was hopeful that we'd be able to do the same, but obviously not. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to. So I know it was it was close last time out between the two sides. Um, I'm hoping we'll give you a good run for your money again. I know that even though we are a little bit further down the table, you know we we um, make a good show of ourselves against against the top teams, and I'm hoping we'll we'll do the same again this weekend. Quite an interesting. Um, I was thinking like the last time we were at Bolton, because obviously yes, there was no fans. Sort of last season, um, but you weren't in the same division as us. Everyone knows the story and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, where was Sunderland at the last time that Bolton, well, we played at Bolton? And, and to my memory, we had Jack Russell's manager, yeah, performed horrendously. You had a bunch of 15 year olds in your team, you were getting yeah, battered off everyone 7 1. And we needed a last minute McGeady. Uh, penalty to, to pull it back the I first time I haven't seen I still haven't forgiven you for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sad thing was we were there and, and I remember specifically when we scored just being like ah oh, fuck it like it, we didn't even really celebrate it but a lot's changed obviously just by the the fact I've used Jack Ross there um, mm-hmm. for Bolton 
obviously a load of stuff was going on there and no one wants to see any club go out of business unless it's Newcastle, of course. That's different. Um, anyway, obviously, yes. With, with Bolton, obviously you've recovered from that. Things have gone well. You can now afford to buy players. You can now actually go out of a transfer embargo. It's almost nice to have kind of a boring 15th position. Yeah, in a way. Um, I don't think anyone's ever put it like that before. But yeah, it's nice to kind of have a bit of stability off the field. Like you say, it's been somewhat uneventful off the field. I'd say obviously there's been little bits and pieces where we're still kind of a little bit unclear as to what's gone on um, and the reasons for some of the departures. Um, but I'm hoping that we've kind of moved on from that, whether it'll then bubble back up to the surface. I, I kind of hope not at this point. I, I, at one point, I think before Christmas, I was kind of wanting to know what had gone on, but now it's kind of a case of we'd rather not and just crack on. Um, so it's just been one of those that we've had to deal with and hopefully, well, by the looks of it, we are starting to overcome it. Um, we made some cracking signings. We've had a good impact already in the first couple of games that they've had, especially Dion Charles, who scored a, an absolute scream on a, a weekend to give us a win. So, obviously, we had a win before that as well against Ipswich. Um, so, hopefully, we can start putting a, a couple of good good wins together. Obviously, it's going to be a tough ask this weekend, but it'd be nice to, to make a good go of it again. And I think I know this time last year when we were in League Two, I think we were in about a similar position, actually. Um, people had written us off. It had all gone to pieces. Um, and then we made a late, a late charge and obviously ended up getting promoted. So uh, I wouldn't say that I quite expected to do exactly the same, but it'd be nice. It's, it's wishful thinking. Yeah, you always expect the unexpected with Bolton. If you look through kind of what they've done, you've even go back to the, dare I say it, Phil Parkinson era of, of Bolton and staying on the last day with David Wheater. And obviously that was the season we went down horrendously, which I don't like to go back to. But then you had the situation that we just spoke about and all sorts of stuff. But it, it's really boring at Bolton, even though I've just said a boring, nice 15th position. But then you look at the things that have come out of Bolton the past few months and, you know, we all keep an eye on each of those football clubs because we all are on Twitter and social media and you do see it. Um, it's been really interesting to hear quotes from, from Ian Everett. Now, obviously, there's more to every quote that's there. He said back in October, and I quote, I think, Bolton were the best side in the league. That obviously rattles a few cages, especially Wiggins specifically. And it backfired on him a little bit because he then went on a pretty bad run. Yeah. He had a rocky start life at Bolton, which you touched on before, and then went on this mental run to get you promoted. So how has he fared this season? Um, yeah, it's been an interesting one. Like you say, he comes out with some some interesting quotes, shall we say. Um, obviously, I think we were a little bit regretful of that, to say the least, um, when, when he came out with that statement. Um, I think it's just, it's fighting talk at the end of the day, isn't it? You wouldn't not say that. You wouldn't say, oh, we're the worst team in the division, but... It's a, obviously a big claim. Um, and I think I said to you actually last time I was on that I'd like to think that we were one of the big six in this league. So to an extent, I understand where he's coming from. It's obviously just been, been misinterpreted to an extent. Um, and obviously, like you said, it has backfired. And I think we kind of went on a run of losing about however many games after that. I think we've only won one or two since. Obviously, a few more now very very recently. But um, up until before Christmas, it was go, going haywire. And obviously, it was around that time that our captain, Anthony Sarsovich, left. Um, there was rumours that Owen Doyle would follow, which he didn't initially, but he now has. Whether that's connected, I don't know. I couldn't possibly say. Um, but obviously, like I said, it's been all changed. And, you know, we've, we've lost two who were key players. Um, I'd like to think that we've we've replaced them relatively well. Um, and we're now kind of we're kind of looking to, to rebuild our season from here on in. Owen Doyle was a funny one. 
Um, you, you touched before on, on Sarcevic, which is really difficult for me to say, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think there's also a bit of issues around, I think, Dennis Politic. Um, when I read about the situations that have happened with Bolton's players, and obviously there's sometimes a bit of chat around something at the moment is, should everything just go through the manager? And obviously some people like certain players, namely Jermaine Defoe. And so, of course, last week that Lee Johnson might have um, felt misquoted by and some fans felt he was misquoted by, but there was a um, bit of conflab over it because naturally people go towards fan favourites. Some people take the more, what they would class a sensible option and think, well, nothing about the club now and all that kind of stuff. I think it's fair to say that the ones that he quote-unquote fell out of favour with a Bolton were fan favourites or people that they liked. You've got a captain there, you've got Eon Doyle, who was, I think, your top scorer last season, your main signing. And, and Politic, obviously, is a really bright young player that's gone to Serie B, I think it is, with... It's, I think I might be right, could be wrong, confidence name. I'm not going to try too many different names <laughs> in one. I wouldn't um, try either, to be honest, but... <laughs> but for Sunderland fans that are, like, unaware, what has been going on with Ian Everett and these players falling out of favour from what you know? Yeah, so obviously the, the very, very starting point, I think, especially when, when you touched on Dennis Politic there, um, it was well reported kind of before the season that um, Mr Everett obviously wasn't a massive fan of our younger players. Obviously, that was from a past time when things were going wrong and it was Keith Hill who kind of looked after that side of it. And even some of the academy coaches at one point were stepping in and, and taking some of the first team games because they knew the lads better. Um, I think it was especially around that time that, that you mentioned that last time you were at Bolton. Um, you know, they were all heavily involved in that game. I think Politic played in that game. Um, and we we're obviously really hopeful that some of these lads would would make it, they'd stick on um, and they'd remain in our first team. Politic was one of them. Um, and we were hopeful that he'd then kick on and, and become a regular starter this season. It then quickly became evident that that wouldn't be the case. He got loaned out to Port Vale, which raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, even though it is the division below, which I understand, I think everyone was kind of just assuming that we'd keep hold of him. Um, everyone was then crying, obviously, for him to be recalled when he started performing for them. He's obviously done magnificently well in the FA Cup, um, and albeit he hasn't then necessarily kept up that that record, he's he's still done fairly well, and obviously he's been recognised by by one or two clubs as as a bright talent as as we know him. Um, like you said, he's now gone to Italy and wishing well with that. But it's just a shame that he's fallen out of favour with Everett. We don't really know what's gone on there. Like you say, it's I think it's a master contract negotiations. He was offered one. Um, we believe he turned it down for whatever reason. We don't know whether that's because it was an insulted offer or whether Politic just thought too highly of himself. I, I don't know the story. It's only Everton kind of Politic could probably tell you that. Um, but obviously that was the start of it, really. Um, and that was kind of the first thing that got the fans' backs up. Um, and then, obviously, like you said, with, with the Sarsovic saga, I know you, you don't like saying that would be a tricky sentence for you. But, uh, yeah, what, what kind of happened with that was um, he kind of unexpectedly left, I think it was the, after the Plymouth game. Obviously, Plymouth close to Sars' heart, um, having been there for, for years before. I think he was keen to start that game and he benched both him and Doyle for that game <clears throat> and hence the connection between both of them reportedly wanting to then leave. I don't know what had then gone on at the training ground. There was many a story as to what had. They've obviously been crosswords somewhere along the line and um, and just out of nowhere, Sarsfield left and joined Stockport County of all clubs, which was bizarre, but it obviously then emerged that I think they're relatively well off at the minute, actually, and he, he, he's probably on at least what he was at Bolton, if not more now. 
So that's kind of understandable, but I, I think Greedy would be naturally a conclusion to jump to. Um, but it was nice to obviously then see Doyle kind of emerge from that as not kind of phased by it. There was a little bit of talk on Twitter. I think his wife had posted something that kind of every every fan put two and two together with, but didn't seem to be to be related. Um, come the end of that that kind of brief worry, but he um, he's then just recently left during this window and gone back to Ireland, which seems like a bit more of a sentimental move than anything. I'd like to think that it's not to do with whatever went on with Sarsovic, whether it does or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, obviously those two have now gone. Um, Sarsovic is obviously, Sarsovic rather, Everts rattled the cage a little bit, obviously coming out with all these quotes and some fans call him arrogant. Some fans think he's, he's too good for, for us kind of and thinks he just knows better than everybody else. Um, I know there's an element of you've got to trust in your manager, but I think everyone was a bit like, are you sure about this? Especially with politics as well. Um, and we're now obviously knowing what he then managed to get us to do last season. We're hoping he can do the same with us now with these new signings that have come in. Funny, it's maybe it's, it's different in a sense, but there is sometimes a a bit more Mike Willie Johnson. Some of that myself, I, I you know I admit they can't sometimes get on board with these long winded answers. But then his answer to me would be, "Well, we're sitting in the league, so you know, stuff it." Which I'm quite happy with if you if you continue that towards the end of the season, Lee. But I think there's been a a situation obviously this week which I just done before where some people are saying it's crazy not to sign Defoe and he's probably been quite measured to be fair to him and said that you know I want to make sure it's the right signing and that gets taken out of context and then people form opinions about it so naturally the situation you've had not just one player that potentially might come in it's been three four players and other quotes on top of it um, what is the feeling of, of Ian Everett at the moment? You touched before that some people think he's quite arrogant but is it is it veering towards he's the wrong man or is it is that quite far away? I think we're still very much in favour of keeping him on board. Um, I think a lot of people trust him again based on what happened last season. Um, these new lads who've, <clears throat> who we've brought in seems to have had a, a brilliant impact so far, which we're pleased with. Um, so I think it's a case of everyone's gone, oh, well, actually, it's all right because they're performing. I think had these lads come in and not performed or at least given a chance, still didn't, then obviously we would be a lot more worried. Um, but based on first impressions, especially Dion Charles, Aaron Morley, Marlon Fossey, um, and then Bob Vidson, who's just come in this week. Obviously, he's only played 20 minutes, something like that. But especially the first three, they've, they've played really well so far. Um, and we think that the relatively good decisions on Everett's part, and I think people trust in his decisions. I don't know whether we're right to or not yet. Um, it's, it's quite early to say. Um, but we definitely kind of had a similar impact last season I know that was to do with our director of football I think it was um, who'd left out of the blue um, and then as soon as he left it then quite quickly emerged which were Everett signings and which were uh, Tobias Phoenix which was our, our director of football which were his signings um, it seems to be to me now that it's all Everett signings and that we can quite clearly see that he trusts in these lads to come in didn't mention James Trafford before as well, who's come on loan from Man City, which is obviously always nice to, to see, you know, a club of that stature giving us players on loan, trusting us with them. Um, he's had two clean cheeks so far, so I'm hoping you don't ruin that on Saturday. But um, yeah, I think everything, everyone's relatively positive about things at the minute. And I'm just hoping you don't come and spoil it on Saturday. Fingers crossed we do, of course. But um, <laughs> I did want to touch on current form. Obviously, but I want to come on at the players that you brought in because you have been really active. But current form, you've won two out of your last three or, or, or five, if you prefer. But obviously, you've hit form in the last two. You haven't conceded any goals. You've won away at Shrewsbury, which 
I know they're not in the greatest of form, but we feel to do that when they had 10 men. Um, so no game in this league is easy, which is the cliche. But then Ipswich, who, of course, on paper, are by far one of the better sides in, in this league and certainly not in the poor form they were at the start of the season. But for prior to that, you had a, a sticky patch. You had defeats at two at Wickham, which is, to be honest, it's, it's the one of the better sides in the league. They're up there for a reason. And Rotherham, same applies, but Accrington, Stanley and Fleetwood. And of course, back in November, I watched the game, um, Stockport beat you 5-3 in, I think it was the FA Cup. Um, you touched on new signs a little bit there, but is it solely down to that, that the past fortnight's been an improvement or other things as well? Um, I think especially Saturday just gone, um, we'd have to put that down to Dion Charles. He just scored an absolute screamer. It's, it's an unstoppable strike and that's the only difference between the two sides on the day. So I'd like to kind of obviously give him credit for that. <clears throat> um, Fossey did incredibly well against Ipswich, as did Trafford on his debut. We'd obviously had some some issues with our keeper, who'd debatably been letting in a couple of clangers recently. There's massive calls for, for that to be changed. Um, obviously, he did so. We recalled a lad from, from non-league, who, who's part of our academy. Um, I think he's now about to go back on, out on loan now, but obviously to bring then quite a young keeper in was again questioned. Um, we're expecting a bit someone a bit more senior, but again he's, he's done the business in the last two games. Um, so again, give him credit for that. Um, I, but yeah, I think in general they've had a, a relatively big influence on things, and obviously, like you said, the past results a bit further back in November and what have you, they were obviously more disappointing given that they were probably quite beatable teams. Um, but like you said, a loss to Wickham, they played us off the park. And although I didn't like the manner in which they played sometimes, I think the first half was an hour long um, and we probably only saw about eight minutes of football because they were just not playing ball. But then they were more than capable of just play, you know, beating us fair and square, but just wanted to mess about with it for whatever reason. <laughs> um, I've never, like, never come across that with them lot before, got to be honest. Lies. Uh, I know they're obviously quite well thought of by our owners. I think they're from Wickham and I think there's a good relationship there. I believe the family are some some sponsors of, of that club. So I know there's a good connection there. Um, not saying that that's got anything to do with the result, but I think, you know, it was obviously kind of a accepted a result. Um, but obviously then it was nice to go and, go and beat Ipswich. We put five past them earlier in the season somehow. Um, that was nice because I know one of our players, Dapo offline, received some some racial abuse during that game, um, oh, so, which was obviously awful. So and he managed to get a goal as well, which was nice. Um, and then yeah, like I said, obviously Dion Charles getting that that first goal for for the club on Saturday was was really good. And I'm hoping that he'll get a, get another, if not two, on Saturday. <laughs> I was looking through obviously your lineup that you had, and there was a few players that really, really impressed me when you came to the, the stadium light. The one that really sticks out for me, I've got one of these weird minds. There'll be a lot of Sunderland fans listening now going, how do you remember that game? Because <laughs> um, it's the only thing I really care about. But Santos really impressed me. Not many people have handled Ross Stewart this season. And by not many, I mean no one. Santos has been the closest to it. Um, I felt he kept him relatively quiet, the stadium light, I think. On top of that as well, um, you talked before about the signings that have came in, but I think the ones that you had currently, I was impressed with Johnson. And of course, you touched on your top scorer there as well, um, Afalayan, but he wasn't in the side on uh, Saturday. I think he came off the bench. I noticed your formation's the same, but are the new signings knocking these boys that impressed me out of the team or some of them staying, some of them haven't? Uh, is it just more competition? It's all kind of come about as a result of a massive plague of injuries that we'd had. Mm. Like 
like we only had 10 fit players um, and we're then just kind of making a do with whatever we could. Um, and then obviously gradually we've got these players back. Obviously we had a, a huge COVID outbreak as well. We, we did, couldn't play for however many weeks. I think it was about a month in the end. Um, so we haven't played any football for three months and then just came back and obviously we lost to Wickham but then started performing. So um, yeah, it, it's it's been a bit weird in terms of formation and player selection because of that really. Santos has always been been part of the sides. He's now the captain with Sarsovic leaving. Um, I'd like to think he's done relatively well this season. Um, I know some fans think League Two is more his level. He obviously was head and shoulders above last year. Um, and he struggled a little bit this season, but he's probably the, still the most out-and-out leader-esque um, player in the side. Johnston's kind of been chopping and changing with a lad called Will Ameson at centre-half. Obviously, whether we've played three at the back or four at the back, that's that's changed accordingly. Um, and then Dapo was always out on the left. Um, and then we brought in... What, what happened with that? I don't know why why that changed, actually. I can't think off the top of my head. There was a reason. Um, but we started playing our, our full-back Declan John on the left wing. It was like a left wing back role, um, which then pushed Dapo into a number 10 position. And then um, we then switched formation again. And for whatever reason, he wasn't then included in the side. I think it, it dipped in form a little bit. And um, I think Ebert was obviously just hoping that he'd react to that and, and you know, come on and, and show what he could do as, a, as an impact sub, which he obviously did at, at Ipswich. And I don't think he got that much of a chance to it at Wickham, although he did get the assist for Dion Charles. So um, not at Wickham, sorry. Um where was it? Like Shrewsbury on Saturday. Um, so that was obviously obviously pleasing. I think he'll probably do the same again. I would have thought. I wouldn't like to give you any team news in advance, but at a guess, I think he'll be coming off the bench. Um, and we'll probably keep the same side. I would have thought we've been unchanged. Obviously, why would you change a winning team? So if you look back at our last two lineups, I would have thought you'll see something pretty similar to that this weekend. Touched on um, the invisible man there, Declan John, who we never saw whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I remember your best mate, yeah. And he's, he's got no connection to something at all. He's like the most forgettable man ever. But just because I felt a bit sorry for him that he never got a chance to play here, then a bloody pandemic happened. How's he doing? Is he all right? Yeah, yeah, he's good. I think it, obviously I was struggling then to, to find out a reason why Dapo moved positions and got jots. But again, very forget forgettable chat. But um, no, he's performed all right this season so far. He dipped in form at one point and we brought in Liam Gordon, who'd been out on loan in non-league last year. So that was a bit of a bold move for Everett to, to swap them over because everyone was a bit like, are you sure this is the right move? Because I think when we first brought Gordon in, it wasn't really up to scratch and Everett recognised that and sent him out on loan. And he's come back a different player, to be fair. So he's given him a run for his money at the minute. He started off. I think that's the reason we went to a back three. Um, and Gordon took that left wing back position. Um, but John since reclaimed that since he's kind of hit form again. So yeah, that's kind of his his position now that he's that he's nicked. So yeah. Bless him. Um <laughs> sometimes when you're doing like a preview show, you'll watch certain games, you'll understand this. You'll watch certain games, but you can never watch a full 90 minutes. And when I'm watching my team, I haven't got time to watch any every other team for 90 minutes. So naturally a lot of it goes on highlights and statistics. One name that hasn't really been brought up in the media at all or doesn't get really get brought up in, in general when you're thinking of the best players of Bolton is Kieran Lee but well, statistically um, five assists four goals plays in that kind of number 10 role behind the front two at the moment bit of an unsung hero yes definitely he's uh, he's been excellent since he's come in um, been just 
he's, he's a Rolls Royce of a player. Um, sometimes he does go a little bit unnoticed, but he's popped up with the odd goal here and there. And like you say, he's always chipping in with assists. So brilliant player. Um, I know he was off a little bit with COVID and what have you, so that's that's why he missed a couple of games. But um, yeah, he's always in the side, always plays. He's Mr. Consistent, really, I think is how I'd, how I'd summarise him. Um, and you could probably expect him to, to put in a good shift on Saturday as well. Obviously, a former Man United Academy product, I think, Kieran, if I remember correctly. Yeah, obviously a legend at Sheffield Wednesday, and then obviously a good move for us to get him in straight from that, really. I know he was getting on a little bit now, but um, still still a great player. Not so much in his prime, I wouldn't say, but um, at, the, at the back end of that, at least, yeah. Talked about um, Dion Charles a fair amount. I think he's someone that people will know on the show. Uh, obviously, done really well at Accrington. That didn't end perfectly. We had Accrington the other week, and we spoke to um, we spoke to our I was going to say Accrington correspondent, our Accrington guest um, Tony, who's obviously been on the show five or six times, and I wouldn't say he's got a bad opinion of Dean Charles. I think he wasn't too happy with with how it ended, and he said, you know, the attitude of that kind of player, what Accrington done for them, just to just leave and and make it feel like it's. You want a much bigger club, and he described it as a sideways move, which I kind of understood based on league position and, and so on and so forth. Obviously, massively different in terms of structure and history. Um, but Dion Charles seems like he's landed on his feet. He started quite well. Is he your informed man at the moment? I'd say so, yeah. Um, he obviously he's only got the one goal so far, but he's only had three games. He started all of them. Um, he runs his socks off the ladder. I was watching an, a, a clip of analysis. Um, of the last couple of games that he's played and he, he just tries his best. Um, I've never seen anyone kind of recently work so hard off the ball um, in, in recent years. We, we haven't really had much of that, unfortunately. So it's nice to nice to see that. Um, and I think he's obviously seen as, as the marquee signing and the replacement for Owen Doyle. So there was obviously a little bit of pressure for him to perform. Um, I really like the lad. I, I raised him. I know there's a little bit of controversy when he first came in. Some old tweets dug up, unfortunately. But um, obviously, he's then just kind of focused and, and Everett trusted him a lot. And he's he's done his best so far. And I was obviously hopeful that he would get a goal before long, before the fans jumped on his back, even though I could recognise him for a lot more than his, his goal scoring. Um, I think he offers a lot more than that. But obviously, goals are, are what obviously matters and, and wins your game. So I'm glad that he's at least got that that first one now um, and I'm hoping he'll, he'll kind of get a few more now as well. Dion Doyle is probably the player that a lot of people look to as the guy that gets you out of League 2 and has done and then he's obviously popped up to this league and he's done it before and he's done quite well. Him going obviously is not perfect because you always want to have strikers who you can rely on and are going to score goals but when you replace them with something that appears to be better you kind of find a lot more trust and, and then suddenly you go oh, the recruitment's working I think. Um, you sort of touched on it before, but just to clarify, I take it Dion Charles is a, a better player from what you've seen so far than what you've lost. Yeah, so Doyle was obviously great for his last season, bagged a lot of goals, um, really appreciated his efforts for that, obviously. And I think he was captain for quite a number of games there, so he, he was great in that respect. Um, and arguably, I think, especially with his age and one thing or another, I think League One was probably a step too high for him. Wasn't scoring at the rate that he previously was in League Two. Um, and he was kind of not really bang out of form, but he just wasn't scoring. Um, and I think that's kind of not just down to him, but the fact that we weren't really creating many chances for him. The service was rubbish. Um, and obviously, as a result, he wasn't really getting anywhere with that. Um, I know he was dropped for the odd game, obviously, and the backups aren't great. I know we brought in Bakayoko at the start of the season, but he's not really plucked up any trees. Um, and neither is Nathan Delfonso, who 
is arguably a, a real disappointment for us and I personally wouldn't have kept him on after after League Two last season. I don't think he even really did enough last year, um, certainly to deserve a place this year. And I know he's kind of only really filled in because of our injuries and, and obviously Doyle leaving. But obviously now we've got really two really solid um, centre-forwards in, in Boverton and, and Charles. So I'm hoping that those two will obviously get a fair crack at the whip and, and get some goals for us. Alfonso is such a League One name. It's like, do you know when you go through League One and the players and you think, Forgot he existed. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like Wes Houlihan, yeah, like fifty nine years old, still tearing <laughs> it up for MK Dons, and you yeah. kind of forget about it. But um, in terms of the signings you brought in, obviously they've they've hit the ground running. I think James Trafford, in a really weird way, was another player we spoke at length about on the Accrington podcast the first time around. And I think the day we recorded the Accrington preview, he was leaving. Yeah. We've got a young boy in loan from Man City at the moment in the shape of uh, Callum Doyle, who's been pretty much never present and. He looks like a kid who's 17, 18 that plays for Man City. At times, absolute quality. Occasionally, you see why he's here to learn the trade. Um, but all in all, he's been a massive asset to us. James Trafford's played two games. You can't judge his whole season just yet, but two games, two clean sheets. He's replaced some of the academy product, Joel Dixon, who kind of got brought in from lower league, if I remember correctly. Barrow, so he was obviously with Everett at Barrow, so that's that's where that's come from. That's correct. He came from Barrow. Sorry, Barrow fans. He came from League Two. Um does he look like a step up, though? Um, yes, I'd say so, for sure. I wasn't Dixon's biggest fan. I wouldn't say I necessarily jumped on his back too much, but I could just see from a while off that that needed changing. Um, I think particularly when he first came in, I just thought he looks not a shell of a man, but he's not the biggest build. And obviously, with a keeper, you just you immediately just expect a big six-foot-four, massive lad who just commands his box and nobody messes with him. And he literally just looked like a child in, in that goal. And it really, really terrified me week in, week out. And, um, you know, obviously before long, that, that he's just lost his confidence. Um, he's conceded some really cheap goals. Um, and it's just kind of naturally come to come to an end for him, I think, really. Um, he's still on the bench for us, but I doubt you're going to see him feature again, unless Trafford does something similar and drops a load of clangers. I know he, he did a couple at Stanley, which were highlighted when we first brought him in. And I think fans were a little bit... Um, negative to in, to an extent obviously with him, him being still quite young and I think we've got another three keepers here with that age anyway so it was like well why would we need another but when you consider like you said your lad who you've got from City at the minute there's a reason they're at those clubs and they're capable of a lot more than that and I just entirely trusted in that Um, I was one of the very few actually on the day we signed him who said I'd take that and everyone jumped on my back not really sure why I just wanted to give him a fair chance and I think I was right to really looking at that now. I'm not really one who likes to say I told you so, but it's obviously hard to, to say still after two games, to be fair. I might still be completely wrong after this weekend when you put five passes, but um, you know, it's it'd be nice for him to, to get another clean sheet, but obviously it's Sunderland, it's gonna be gonna be a tough ask and another one of those City Academy products who I know you've just got on board, Patrick Roberts, is going to be a real uh, real test for us this weekend. So I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, because obviously he didn't he didn't play last week and, and started match fitness, but of course one way to get match fitness is, is play matches. Bolton as well, I think you've had a really good uh, January window, as you touched on before, but there's potential of one more, I think, in Kyle Dempsey from Gillingham, tidy little player, I think was previously at, at Fleetwood. Are you expecting that one to go through before Saturday? I wouldn't say before Saturday. I'd, well, actually, it's going to have to be, isn't it? I just, it's the end of January before long. Um, but yeah, that's been been going on for two weeks really now, I think, um, when the first first bid was launched. 
believe that was rejected. We've then since given another in um, and we've not heard back. I know they've had a change in management recently. I don't know if it was this week or last. Um, but obviously they're now a, a bit kind of in, in um, not jeopardy, but you know they don't really know where, whether they're coming or going. They're all over the shop, aren't they, basically, at the minute? Yeah. Um, I know we usually do all right against them, but it's it's obviously just a bit of a weird state of affairs. I don't know what the player the players reportedly wanting to come, so that that's optimistic. But it's just whether whether Gillingham can can pull the finger out on that one. Really, um, I haven't seen much of him actually. I'm told that he's a great player. Um, I obviously trust in that, especially if Everett wants him, then then he must be. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd like to think that we'll get him done at some point, whether it's for Saturday, I don't know. But fingers crossed on that one. Yeah. Yeah, you tidy little player from memory, if I, if I remember rightly. Um, my favourite part of the show, I say this every single week, is what do you think of Sunderland? Um, but you've played us once this season. Obviously, things have changed, like we touched on before, since we last visited. I'm going to call it the Reebok Stadium. I'm not having this university. It's the Reebok. It's the Reebok. Always has been, always will be. And Sam Allardyce is still your manager. Um <laughs> Exactly. David Reeter at the back alongside Ivan <laughs> Campo. There we go. Um, but I always get quite interested in what people think of, of Sunderland as a team, especially in League One, because Sunderland are always one result away from perma crisis. I'm very much guilty of being part of that. We're also only two wins away from we're going to win the league and not lose the game this season. But, you know, we've done all right this season. We've, we certainly feel like it's the probably the best we've been since we've come down. I think, I hope majority of some fans agree with me now. Obviously, people have different opinions, but I think majority do. But what what have you made from something from the outside looking in? Do you think this might be the season we finally get out of League One? I mean, obviously, it's looking it's looking positive for you. Um, I keep in touch actually quite regularly with, with what's going on at Sunderland. I have a good good friend from university who's a, a, a diehard Sunderland fan, and I've got a family friend who is a Sunderland fan as well. So I kind of, bastards. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know kind of roughly what what's going on, and I think they're obviously optimistic. Obviously, everybody knows it's well documented, especially on Netflix. Um, you know what's gone on the last few seasons and. Uh, it's, it's a shame because I, I respect Sunderland. They're a big club, as I'd like to think we are still. We um, both deserve to be a lot higher, in my opinion. Um, and it's just kind of been, it's been coming for you, hasn't it, for a few seasons, and it's just not quite happened. Um, yeah, obviously, I know you dropped a couple of couple of divisions in a row, which was unexpected to an extent. But um, yeah, definitely, I'd like to to think you go up this season. Um, I obviously couldn't say based on your, your previous records of. of bottling it late on but um, yeah it's, it's still a fair way to go in the season I suppose we're, we're only just over the halfway mark and it's obviously difficult for us all to tell like we could be overtaking you by, by the end of the season but um, we also might be in the relegation zone who knows but um, yeah I'm hopeful hopeful for you guys that, that you'll go up and uh, I'm hoping we'll be too far behind you Who are the players that concern you the most going in uh, Saturday from, from Bolton's side? I mean, I know you said Patrick Roberts didn't play last week, but obviously I, I know the name very well. Um, got connections at, at Man City. I just know he's, he'd be a danger player. Um, I know your lad up front's always always a big big threat, as you said. I know you said Santos did well to contain him last time out. Um, Lennon Gooch, I thought, played well last time. Um, I know it's Denver Hume just left to go to Portsmouth. 
Not officially, but I'd be really surprised if you still at the club by Saturday. Yeah, but no, I think overall you've just got a great squad, obviously, especially if you've got Defoe back somehow. I don't know whether that's in the, on the pipeline or not really, but that'd be absolutely terrifying. Um, For people who can't see the video element of this with it being an audio podcast, I am putting my hands together and praying to the non-existent <laughs> God that what Will has just said does come to fruition, so... Well, you never know, but it's um, Sunderland are always a scary prospect. I think I think we know that obviously you bring in five thousand with you. It's going to be one of the biggest games of the season from our point of view, um, and it's always just a bit of a nervy one. I know we probably don't have the best record against you either, so I think we're a little bit a little bit nervous to say that even though we're on a good run at the moment, I wouldn't say we're entirely confident of getting a result, um, especially obviously having lost last time out, albeit narrowly. Um, it's going to be a good test. I'd like to think we'd get a point, but um, you know, it's I wouldn't expect us to, to take three points from you. Look, look, put it that way. I've been to Bolton four times. I've seen us win one 0 on opening day. There, Darren Bent's debut, Loric Sana, Lee Catmull's debut oh, as well. Darren Bent. Oh, it was a good day that. Um, I was there when Montari scored. I was there when we won two 0 when Bentner scored, and I was at the. Jack Ross McGeady 1-1. So I like Bolton away. I'm going on Saturday, sorry to say, obviously with another 4,999. But what's your prediction for Saturday, Will, for final question? I'm going to go 1-1. I'm going to back us to score at least. I think Dion Charles is going to score again. I think you're going to nick one late on and it's going to be awful hearing those 5,000 just go up in the third minute. I hate it, but I can just see it coming a mile off. I'm going to be confident with this one. I agree. I think you'll score a goal. We do leak goals, although we got a clean sheet at the weekend. We looked a lot tighter with our new signing, but I do, I do think I'm going to say three one Sunderland. And that's been really confident. And I'm the most pessimistic, optimistic, <laughs> um, optimistic in every aspect of my life, apart from with Sunderland, of course. Um, I think you're right to be positive about it. Obviously, when you look on paper, it's probably a bit of a mismatch. But I think. I'm just basing that on the fact that we tend to be a little bit predictable. We like to think that we, we up our game against better opposition, but what do I know? I think I probably just drank too much. Um, <laughs> but, Will, thanks as always for, for popping on. Congratulations if that's a thing on your debut on the preview show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you very much. But I uh, um, always appreciate you popping on, mate. Yeah. No, best of luck for Saturday. Well, not too much, but, um, yeah. Of course. And as always, have a horrible Saturday, but a good rest of the season, mate. Thanks very much. <laughs>